the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. If you have your Bibles with you on today, then you should. I want to invite you and encourage you to join us in Matthew chapter 20. We'll begin our reading at verse 1. God's word reads, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into the vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went and again, he went out about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did likewise. And about the 11th hour, he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, why have you been standing here all day? And they said to him, because no one hired us. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, you will receive. And so when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when those came who were hired about the 11th hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more, and they likewise received each a Daenerys. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a Daenerys? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first and the first last. For many are called, but few are chosen. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we honor you today. We bless you for this word. I'm praying that the power of your word would encourage a response in your people today, Lord, that if any don't know you, that today, God, by the hearing of the preaching of the word, they might come to know you. If any are drifting in fellowship or out of line with you, God, I pray that today will be the day that they will reconcile those differences and unite and reconnect their fellowship with you. 
Spirit of the Lord, it is my prayer on this day that your power would manifest itself to the encouragement of the saints, the tearing down of the strongholds in their lives. It's my prayer, God, that you would get the glory out of all that is done and all that is said in this place. I'm praying, Heavenly Father, that even as I stand to declare your word, you would use my feeble body as an instrument to echo the very oracle of God so that they would hear you clearly and not me. So, Lord, I need you in this hour that you might accomplish your will through me. Do what you do best. And we will forever give your name all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. For it is in Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving and expectation. Amen and amen. In this 20th chapter of Matthew, there are three consecutive stories of Jesus dealing with blind people. And in each case, opening the eyes of the blind. And I believe that many times we, like the people in the text, are blind and in need of our eyes being opened. In this particular text that I've read, it is preceded by another encounter that I need to share with you. Because it brings context, fabric, truth to the text that we've read. Prior to this parable that is shared by Jesus, uh, Jesus is conversing with a rich young ruler who approaches him and he says to him, good teacher, what must I do that I might be saved? And Jesus says to him, sell all that you have, come and follow me and I'll give you the treasures of heaven. Peter, listening in on that, one of the disciples, listening in on that, perhaps blinded by his lustful, covetous ambitions, responds to Jesus, and he says to Jesus, Jesus, we, that meaning the twelve, we've done just that. And he asks this question, what shall we get? The idea is, what more? We did all that, and we've been with you from the beginning. And instead of Jesus giving a straightforward answer, he answers him in the form of this parable. So this morning, I I want us to preach actually all of these blind stories. So I want to start a little series just entitled Opening Blinded Eyes. But on this morning, in this particular text, I want to talk from the subject matter, blind laborers, eyes now open. Verse 2, now when he had agreed with the laborers for a denaro a day, he sent them into the vineyard. This text begins with the price agreed upon. Now, it may seem like a very trivial thing, but this is critical to the understanding of the text and the application to our lives. Because when this landowner encounters these workers, these laborers, the key component is that they discuss what is going to happen, and they agreed upon a price. They're going to be paid one denarii for a day. Now, the day is 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., and they've agreed. So it's early 6 o'clock a.m. in the morning when they start their day, and they know what it is. They know what the conditions are. They know they're going to get paid a denarii, and they have no objection to it. No, everybody agrees. Everybody knows what the conditions of the contract are. So the price... Is agreed upon. But it moves from the price that is agreed upon. In verse 3, he went out about the third hour, and he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right, I will give you. 
So they went. Watch this. He's got a first group. The price is agreed upon. But now there's a promise of what is right to this next group. He goes out the third hour, which is about 9 a.m., and he offers to them who are standing idle to steal. He says to them, he doesn't say, I'm going to give you a denarius. He says, what is right? I'll pay you. In other words, you'll be paid a fair amount. In other words, you're not going to get shortchanged by going into this vineyard and doing this labor that you understand what the labor is, you understand what the assignment is, and you're going to get what is right. And so he brings them in. Verse 5 says he went back again. The sixth hour, which is noon. The ninth hour, which is three. And then finally, he goes back again. The eleventh hour, verse 6. About the eleventh hour. And he said to them, have you been standing here idle all day? What are you standing around for? Idle all day. Done nothing all day. And they said, nobody hired us. So he says to them, you go on into the vineyard too. Same deal. I'll pay you what's right. And so he has an agreement with the first group. I'll pay you a denarii for a day's labor. For the other groups, the third hour, the sixth hour, the ninth hour, the eleventh hour, I'll pay you what is right. I'm not going to cheat you. I'm going to make sure you get what you are entitled to. You will not come up short if you go into this vineyard and commit to yourselves to the labor. And even to those who've been standing around all day, at the 11th hour, he invites them in as well and says, come on into the vineyard and you'll get what is right. And so they went in. He says in verse number 7, he hired him and he said to them, go into the vineyard and whatever is right, you will receive. And so they go in and they labor and now we come to the end of the day and now it's time for the payment of the laborers. Okay? The payment of the laborers begins in verse number 8. And in verse 8, there are four things that are going to occur. The first thing that occurs when the end of the day comes is the calling of the laborers for payment. Verse 8 says, And the evening came, and the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. Call them in and let them know your work is done. The day is over. It's time to come in. I need somebody to hear this. God's going to call you in one day. The day of your labor is going to be over and he's going to call you. And he calls the laborers. Come on in. It's time for your payment. He says, call the laborers and give them their wages beginning with the last to the first. The work is done. No more songs to sing. No more sermons to preach. No more money to count. Nothing else to accomplish. Whatever was to be done, it's over because it's time for payment. It's accountability time. And so he calls them in to be paid. And he says, now what I want you to do, steward, is pay them according to the last ones to the first ones. Call them in and that's the way I want you to distribute their money. So he calls them in, the last, all the way to the first. And then after the calling of the laborers for payment, the second thing that happens is a comparison of the laborer's payment. Watch this. This is why in the workforce they tell you don't tell people what you got paid. He says, and when those who were hired about the 11th hour each received a denarii, but when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more. And they likewise also received each of the denarii. So now they start comparing. Here's a problem. See, the laborers, they agreed upon a price. But now when the 
the people who came in last are getting paid the same price that they agreed upon. Now, that comparison creates some tension because the text says they supposed, they figured, they rationalized, they reasoned that I know I'm getting more than that. No, if you're going to pay her, yeah, I know I'm getting more than that. I mean, look at all this sweat on me. And they, they started to, to question what's going on. And so there's this comparison going on. If they got this much, we're going to get this much. Even though they agreed for a denera. We all need to be careful about comparing how the Lord blesses out other people based on how he blesses you. Don't worry. God's going to give you what you agreed upon. You have to be real, 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 real careful. And I'm, I'm, I'm toying with this, but we go through this in Christianity of rationalizing what God did for another, what he owes us. I mean, surely if God did that for them, I'm more faithful than them. I've been at this longer than them. I've worked harder than them. I've got more education than them. And surely God's going to bless me with more. But they're blind to the whole process, and God is in the process of opening our eyes. And so after the comparison comes the complaint by the laborers. This is in verse 11. And when they had received it, that is their one denera, which they agreed upon, and when they had received it, they complained against the landowner, saying, these last men have worked only one hour. And you made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the heat of the day. It sounds like a good rational argument. But wait a minute. But your complaint is against the landowner. Your complaint is against the one who enlisted you into the service. Your complaint is against the one who guaranteed you and agreed with you upon a certain price. And you now complain against God? Because the landowner is the equivalent of God. Because remember, this text begins with the kingdom of heaven is like. So this is an earthly story, but it's a parable showing you what the kingdom of heaven is like. And so they're caught up. And now they're complaining against God that God is unfair. And so they complain against God. They complain against the landowner. And they say to him, we worked hard and we bore the burden of the day. But you agreed you were going to do that. You agreed you were going to work from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. You agreed that we were going to pay you one denera. All of that was agreed upon. But they're complaining against the owner. And because you've been at it 40 years and somebody else has been at it six months, doesn't mean that you're going to get any more than what God promised you. Nor will you get any less than what God promised you. He says now in verse 15, is it not lawful for me to distribute my money the way I want to distribute my money? You're complaining against me because I decided to show grace to the ones who came in later? Because I decided to be kind to the ones who came in later? You want to complain against me for that? He says, because he, he lets them know, he says, look, he, when he answers verse 13, to one of them he says, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denera? But he says, take what is yours and go your way. You've been done no wrong. There's nothing wrong that's been done here. He says, you know, 
if I wish to give this last man the same as you, what's, what's the harm? Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with what is mine's? These are my things. In other words, this, this final movement that we're walking through here is we got to understand that there's a choice, a sovereign choice of the owner to do with he is what is he wants to do. And so the owner makes it clear to him, stop complaining. You got no complaint. I can do what I want with what's mine. And he distributes to this last one. If I do that, that's my privilege. That's what I wanted to do. And so I'm entitled to do that. It's not against the law to do that. Or have your eyes become blind with evil because I'm good? Have you become blinded by your lust and your covetous desire to have more has your fractured and frail and wicked nature risen up in you to cause you to believe and blinded you so much to cause you to think that you're being cheated somehow no you're getting exactly what you agreed upon and this is what happens far too often in the kingdom of God and that is that people begin to think that somehow they're getting cheated by God because they didn't get what somebody else got God didn't cheat you. And the eyes become blind with the evil. The evil that's in them blinds them to the grace of God. Because here's the reality. Whatever God has given us is by grace anyway. And so he says, have, have you become evil and blind with that? The payment for the laborers concludes with verse 16. He says, so the last will be first. And the first Last, for many are called, but few are chosen. The owner of the vineyard, and the vineyard equals heaven, and the owner equals God, says, this is how I choose to distribute the payment. I will pay the last ones first, and I will pay the first ones last, and I don't care that it seems unfair to you. It's my money. It's my vineyard. It's my sovereign right to do it as I will. Now watch this. He says, but I want you to rejoice in something. To the complainer, to the first who agreed upon a denaro a day, many are called, but few are chosen. I hear the Lord saying, in essence, I want you to rejoice in the fact that you were chosen for the vineyard and not called to the vineyard. Lord Jesus, help me, God. I, I want you to be excited about the fact that you are among the chosen and not amongst the called. Because the called get paid first. But the chosen have special privilege, Lord Jesus. I know that you worked longer because you were chosen. You've been at it longer. You've worked harder. You've borne the heat of the day. But that's because you're chosen. <laughs> Many may not have, have been at it as long as you. And maybe they even got paid before you. But you're chosen. And he says rejoice in the fact that you're chosen. You may not get what they got. And it might seem they worked so much less to get 
what they got and you worked so much harder and you just got the same thing or maybe you feel like I got less, but you're chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. Now, to fully understand this, I need to take you back. Let me take you back to chapter 19, which is in the midst of the story that I told you that was going on. When the rich young ruler had come to Jesus and said, Hey, what do I need? What must I do to be saved? And Jesus says to him, sell everything you owe and come and follow me. And the rich ruler can't do it. And Jesus says, if you do that, I'll give you the treasures of heaven. Now, the rich young ruler is coming on the scene after the disciples have already been with Jesus. They've already been walking with Jesus. And now here this dude comes on the scene and he says, if you sell all you owe and come and follow me, I'll give you the treasures of heaven. And the disciple Peter says, whoa, wait a minute. We sold everything we had, and we've been following you all these years. What more should we get? Because surely he's not equal to us. That's what the text plays out. Now watch this. In chapter 19, verse 28, Peter answered and said to him, see, we have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? You still, you're going to give him the treasures of heaven. What shall we have? And Jesus said, un, said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me, that's the chosen, because <laughs> I chose y'all, 12, will also sit on 12 thrones judging 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left house or brother or sister or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. So in the context of the true narrative from chapter 19, Jesus is trying to help Peter understand that, Peter, you are among the chosen. There's going to be a whole lot of people that I'm going to call. Now watch this. Called people have a choice. Chosen people don't. I know that we, we make it synonymous. We make it synonymous when we talk about being called into something and even in ministry we say we were called to ministry but there's a whole lot of folk that have been called to ministry that chose not to accept the denarii but the ones who were chosen by God is like God says to Jeremiah before your mama knew your daddy I knew you and I chose you and I appointed you to this assignment so even if you wanted to do something else you couldn't do nothing else because I had already chosen you for this assignment and because I chose you you won't lack anything my God you might have to work longer you might have to do more. You might have to bear the heat of the day. People may not appreciate what you do. They may not say thank you. You might feel lonely sometimes. You may feel burdened sometimes. They may attack you sometimes. But don't worry about that. You have been chosen by God. And God has a blessing in store for you that nobody can touch. 
Nobody can hold back from you what God has already decided and determined for you. Don't worry about what somebody else got and what you didn't get because what God has for you is for you. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions and support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.